Have you heard the story about the house fire that trapped 120 people? It was a tremendous fire. It started with no warning. No one scrambled for water. No one desperately tried to call 911. No one panicked or raced or fled for the exits. The fire started with a sound like the rush of a mighty wind, and it quickly spread to the upper room. And the flames were dancing on people's heads, but no one got burned. Then the great fire entered each person, and every person was filled with the Holy Spirit. Friends, that historic fire is what we celebrate today at Pentecost. It occurred 50 days after the resurrection, 10 days after the ascension. And it was certainly by no means any ordinary fire. It was the day that the disciples were filled with both power and purpose. God has often shown himself in fire throughout the pages of Scripture. We're very familiar with that. Remember the burning bush at Mount Sinai. God visited Moses in the fire. Remember the wind and the fire at Mount Carmel when God visited Elijah. But this fire at Pentecost was different. In the Old Testament fires, God was on the outside of his people. The fire was in the bush or it was in the altar. But in the New Testament that we heard read today, the fire of God was placed on the inside of each of you, the church. Each believer became a place for God to live. Each believer became a temple for the Holy Spirit. Friends, at Pentecost, the church triumphant was born. At Pentecost, the church was given the power to change the world. So I want you to turn with me to Acts 2 in your Bible or follow along in the bulletin or on the screen behind me. On this day, that power came to all of us that want to embrace it. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that ignited faith in the hearts of the disciples, the power that brought passion to their preaching and to their ministries, the power to do miracles as the whole world watched in awe and wonder. And that same power, the very same power, is available to each of you, all of us. The power to change lives, to, to change hearts, the power to build faith and nurture and renew faith, the power to bring people from everywhere into God's family. Has it ever crossed your mind why Pentecost was the day of the birth of the church, maybe why it wasn't Easter? It's a good question. It's a good thought. And the simple reason is the church wasn't ready. The church wasn't prepared then. But when Pentecost came, the time was right. The church was ready. Peter had repented and was ready to be the rock that Jesus had called him to be of the church. The disciples that had run away had once again been reunited and empowered. They found unity and togetherness, and that is always a sign of a church and a church in renewal. As we all know, power cannot pass through broken wires. 
After Jesus went to heaven, his disciples prayed for ten days as he had told them to wait for him. Then on Pentecost, the power showed up. It showed up in Peter and he preached to 3,000. And to that 3,000 was added to the 120 who had gathered in that burning room that day when the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Today, unfortunately, we don't value prayer at that level, unfortunately. Our lives are busy. But the fact of the matter is we just usually pray when we need something or put a little bit of time into it in our week. And then we wonder where the results are in our, in our prayer life. The early church really knew the power of prayer, though. They had to depend on it. Their lives were going to be threatened for it. They knew how to wait on God, too. And we don't wait too good in this generation, do we? No, we don't. But they knew how to wait. They knew how to pray and to wait. There's ten sermons in that, but I'm going to spare you the three hours a day that I normally had planned. Um, it was only after that great prayer revival, though, that the great power came. It was just as Jesus had promised, too. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in the world. It takes power to be God's witness, my friend, and to do His work in the world that's broken outside this door and these windows right here. Just try to do it without the power of the Holy Spirit, and I promise you, you'll find out how quickly you are overpowered. Jesus made it very clear. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. That pretty much says it. Only through repentance, unity, and, and prayer are we able to provide the power that God gives to us to do His purpose. Where are these signs in our church today, or in the churches in general today? Fire came down from heaven that day in Jerusalem. God wasn't on the outside like He was in the Old Testament. He came to be on the inside and to burn within our hearts. Each of us here is a temple to that, that Father above right now, where Jesus resides. And the Trinity developed and came to us on this day as a person, someone to have a relationship with, to empower us. And He lives inside of us today to change lives. Maybe you're wondering, um, well, how do I know if the Holy Spirit is living in me? Well, you know the same way that we know that there's music on a CD. Even though you can't actually see the music on the disc, we can believe the label that says there's music there, though, right, can't we? Or we can simply play the disc and hear the music. Likewise, we can either know that the Holy Spirit lives in us by believing God's holy word, or we can see the Spirit's results in our lives when we are obedient to God and keep ourselves in a healthy prayer life. We can see the fruits of the Spirit as God uses us to do His work in this broken world. John Stott was a famous Anglican preacher and writer, and he once said of the Holy Spirit, and I like this, he said, sometimes we experience a quickening of our spiritual pulse, a leaping of our heart, a kindling of our love of God and man, and pervading sense of peace and well-being come over us. Sometimes in the dignified reverence of public worship, or in the spontaneous fellowship of a home meeting, or at the Lord's table, or in private prayer, invisible reality overwhelms us. Time stands still. 
we step into a new dimension of eternity. We become still and know that God is God. And then we fall down before Him in worship. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. We feel that from time to time in our lives, don't we? Friends, it's not enough, though, to just have the Spirit inside of us. That's not enough. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to accomplish God's plan and purpose in us. And what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let's touch on that for a second. We need to. We all know that we receive the Holy Spirit when we become Christians at our baptism. That's when we receive the Holy Spirit. And we receive God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He comes into our heart as part of the triune God and then resides in us. But there's a big difference between having the Holy Spirit within us and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone receives the Holy Spirit at that font when they're baptized or when you're immersed. But that's not enough to empower you to change the world and to change lives. There's a difference between having the indwelling Holy Spirit and being filled. I'm going to date myself here, but it's probably not too hard to do that by looking at me. But um, there was a funny movie that was made back in the 90s with a guy named Billy Crystal, and it was called City Slickers. I don't know if you ever saw it. It was pretty cute. The old people remember that. <laughs> Those of you who are bobbing your heads... These guys had wanted to go out from a busy city life and experience a slowed-down country life. Does that sound good or what? Amen. <laughs> Sorry I walked away from it. It's pretty interesting. Then the City Slicker movie, this guy, Billy Crystal, played this role, went out on a farm and he bought a cow. It was part of his slowing-down life. And shortly after he did, the cow went dry. And the City Slicker complained to the old farmer, saying, well, I don't know what's going on with this cow. I can't understand why... She's not giving to him milk. Because if ever a person was considerate of this animal, of that cow, it was me. In fact, I didn't need milk, any milk. I wouldn't milk her at all. Or if I only needed a quart, I only took a quart. Well, that old farmer smiled at him and said, the only way to keep a milk flowing in the cow is not to take as little as possible from the cow, but to take as much as possible from the cow. Friends, the same thing happens in our Christian life. In our life with the Holy Spirit, if we're not exercising the Holy Spirit that is in us, it's kind of like going to the gym. You know, if you don't go, you lose what you had. So you have to exercise the Holy Spirit that has been given to you. And the amount you put into it through prayer and through meditation is a result of what comes out of you to do work of God through the Holy Spirit. Do we only turn to God in times of need in crisis? Usually. If so, though, we miss the real joy that flows from a daily filling of the Holy Spirit. Friends, many Christians have the Spirit inside them, but they never become filled with the Holy Spirit. That's like owning a beautiful car and never driving the thing. That's like receiving a gift at Christmas and never opening it. It's like having the answer to some problem or some remedy for some disease and never sharing it, never using it. A.W. Tozer said it best, though. He said these words. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit does not have every Christian. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit at baptism, but the Holy Spirit doesn't have every Christian. 
That's contingent upon you on what you're going to do with it. If we're a Christian, we have that indwelling spirit within us. We already have the Pentecost power in us, but whether we're using it or not is up to us. We have to exercise that muscle to keep it strong. If we're filled with the Holy Spirit, are we using that power in our lives to serve God, to bless others? Sadly, many Christians are like a hot water heater. The pot lights on all the time, but the heater is never heating the water because you don't turn it up. Fortunately, some Christians are letting the pilot light heat their burners up. Some of them are doing that. And when you encounter those people, you can honestly feel a difference about them as soon as you encounter them. You can feel that in the person who is filled with the Spirit of God. You really can. And you can probably think back when you've run into those people from time to time. It's as if they're experiencing something different than you are. In a sense, they are. I was blessed this past month to spend a lot of time in Austin, Texas. Working on some historic legislation that would bring chaplains into public schools. This stands in the face of church and state. We testified for a month. And I can tell you that I was meeting young legislators who were running the risk of destroying the rest of their political careers by boldly using the Holy Spirit to press into this need in our nation today. And I admired them. Because that takes a filling of the Holy Spirit to be willing to take that risk. And this week, history is going to be made. The Holy Spirit gives you and empowers you to do things that are absolutely beyond belief. And when that happens, you can thank the Holy Spirit for the people who showed up and showed out for God. May God bless them in this historic event that we're praying into this week. And I continue to covet your prayers in this effort. Where is the power of Pentecost in you or in this church today? Why does the church often seem more like a defeated coward rather than a mighty army empowered to boldly proclaim the truth in power and love? Why are the preferences of small, confused minorities in our country running our schools, large companies, government, and institutions? Where is the Pentecost power of the church today to push back? To push back against evil and deception that's all around us vying for your very soul. Friends, God's divine power is within you, just waiting for you to fan the flames. How many in here have ever visited Niagara Falls? Living, I mean, I know Phil has probably. Many of you have. Niagara Falls isn't the tallest, biggest, or widest waterfall in the world, but it sets a record for the amount of water that flows over it daily. Over 12 million cubic feet of water every minute go over those falls. And at that rate, Lake Erie would be drained in a mere three days. Many people say that Niagara Falls is the greatest unused power source on earth. And I say that's a lie. The greatest unused power source on earth exists in all of you through the power of the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit within you. That's the greatest power on earth, folks. And it's in you. And it's contingent upon you to exercise the power. I'm proud to be a part of this church 
where we're getting ready to embrace a brand new ministry. That's boldness. That's leaning in and laying into the Holy Spirit. That's what we do here. But it still is dependent upon each of you. Friends, there's a fire and an unharnessed power in this room this morning, right now. It's fire that burns white hot. It's fire that glows brilliant bright. It's a fire that warms the human heart. It's the same wind and fire that led to the explosive growth of the church through 120 faithful men and women, no different than you, huddled in prayer in an upper room over 2,000 years ago. Pentecost propelled the church on a new course with new power and new vision for God. It was a great turning point in human history. It was the beginning of a new age, a new covenant. The church prayed, and the fire of God came down from heaven, and the power of God exploded on man and on the church. So what about the fire in you? Now it's time to get it down to the personal level. Have you kept the fire alive in your heart? Or are you want somebody else to do that for you? If you felt the embers in your heart gradually start to die out? Have you fanned the flames with the Word of God on a regular basis? Have you fed the fire with regular prayer and Christian fellowship? Or have you extinguished the fire with your own dreams and desires that seem to overrun our lives? Sadly, many have. But also, many have not. And the good news is, if it has quenched your flame... There's still hope in Jesus and the Holy Spirit that's still within you, waiting to be used. It's time for a turning point in your life, if that's the case. It's time to rekindle the gift of God within you. It's time to strike the match once again and let the Holy Spirit burn in your heart and be seen through you. It's time to relight the fuse of the church in this nation to the potential power it's been given and has sat by idly and not stepped into these challenges around us. Friends, every church from time to time has to go through revival to re-strengthen it and renewal and recommitment. And we're going to have an opportunity to recommit to that power today as we go through our baptismal vows again. Friends, the power of Pentecost is here this morning. God's fire stirs our hearts and brings new life. It brings bold life. And this morning, I invite you to a time of renewal and recommitment in your own personal Christian walk. I invite you to let the power of Pentecost be released in your life. God wants to fill every one of us with His empowering Holy Spirit. He wants to see every one of us use that power to His glory. Some are longing for this divine power, and some aren't, probably. But if you're longing for it, then pray for such a renewal this morning. Never forget that God will meet you wherever you are in that journey. Friends, the Holy Spirit wants to show His mighty power through you. That's what He wants to do. That's what God gave it to you for. And each time you do, your life is changed. And it's never the same. Because you feel at that moment that you're an agent of God doing work that's well beyond your scope. Well beyond your abilities and your means. If you will only open your heart and mind to that power and purpose, God will meet you in that moment. And he will empower you for it. He can and will do mighty works in you and through you. But that's dependent upon you. You are the 
catalyst in that. God just brings the power through you. So we go from here today. I want to close today with this prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads and pray with me. Lord, we come to you today in need of a fresh feeling, a filling of your spirit. We recommit ourselves to you and to your mission to be disciples who make disciples. Lord, we often try to do that in our own strength and power without you. Thanks for reminding us on this day every year that the infinite power of the Holy Spirit has already been given to us. Remind us today to lean into it. So come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your mighty power. Set our hearts on fire for you. Show us that with you all things are possible. Send us out as a mighty army for your kingdom to boldly battle the enemy. Let us once again experience the power to change lives and change this broken world. We ask and pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.